Welcome back guys to 11 o'clock with Yuvan and Jihan. The podcast where we talk about life, death and everything in between. Hi guys. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I just realized I should have thought that out before I said it. But hi, I uh, hope you're well. Um, welcome back to another episode of 11 o'clock. Uh, on today's episode, it's going to be an interesting one. It's kind of serious episode. Uh, we're going to be discussing the controversy that's been going on in Myanmar right now. So, Ji, how are you feeling? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. Um, with regards to Myanmar, I, I haven't really uh, read up uh, enough on it for me to be aware of what's happening, um, happening there right now. All I know is that there has been a military coup that has taken over uh, the, uh, the country, the government, and... Uh, That's really about it, which is why Yuvan is going to be talking about it for us today. Uh, something that uh, Yuvan is has been very excited, very passionate to talk to us about. Since last week, for that matter, he has been pestering me to talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> And I said, okay, okay, yeah, sure, no problem. You know, like, even though I don't know anything about it, I will let you lead the way and I will ask questions as I go along. But before we go on, just a word from our sponsors. Let's say hypothetically you want... to understand what's going on in the news in a country where there seems to be some kind of war but you don't really understand what's going on and you're not much of a reader either so you don't really like like reading articles or newspapers or even uh, videos on YouTube but you kind of want two guys to talk about it on a podcast where They are also kind of funny. They talk about comedy and sometimes they talk about serious things. If you're looking for a podcast like that, then listen to this podcast where we talk about literally life, death and everything in between. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> our sponsors are... I love our sponsors. No? Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Um. So, yeah. Um. Myanmar, right? Myanmar used to be also known as Burma. And Burma is where my grandmother is from. My great-grandmother is from. Uh, so that's a little fun fact for you and everybody. I don't know if you know about it. Did you know about it? No, I did not. I, I, the only thing I know about your ancestry is that some part of you is from Sri Lanka. Now I'm learning that some part of you is from Burma. Just what kind mm. of scrambled egg are you? <laughs> the best kind oh my god okay yeah so that was a little fun fact but um anyway just we we'll, let's get back on 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 boat here so um on february 1st the there was a massive protest and it was when myanmar was taken under military control and ever since then it's been uh extremely uh horrible uh, more than 600 lives have been lost since the military takeover and a lot of things has been going down so like you um and like me we we just get our information of what's on the news right and we and to those of you who aren't aware of the situation just to uh in a nutshell so um Myanmar held its elections and um the democratic party won Uh, the Democratic Party was led by Aung San Suu Kyi, who was going to be the president uh, of the country. But in regard to that, the opposition felt like there was a 
um, what was the word? There was some kind of a co-op uh, with the election committee and they felt that it was unjust and, and unfair. And um, the military commissioner had taken the side of the opposition party. And so he decided to take charge of the entire country. And ever since then, uh, Min, no, the Min Aung Hliang is the military commander who has taken charge of the entire situation. So ever since then, there's been countless protests that's been going on in the streets. People are being uh, splashed with water, tear gas and, and all kinds of abuses. By the, by the military and the police in order to so-called keep the situation peaceful. Uh, but it's way beyond that now. So that, that was the situation. The, the, the election committee had already agreed that there weren't any uh, coup, you know, I don't know what's the word, dude. Um, there weren't any... Coup d'etat. Where some, yeah, like, yeah. some tampering was involved. Yeah, yeah there so was a the, coup, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So the election committee had agreed that there was no tampering with the elections, but um, the military and the opposition are constantly against it. So that has led to the situation where the entirety of Myanmar is now under a state of emergency with the military. Yes. Um, just before we continue, I, I just want to clarify something so that I understand better. Um, so... The the action of the military is by the order of the the previous government, or as in the 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 party that's opposing the Democratic Party. Yeah, the party that is opposing the Democrat, the one who lost the elections, uh, was the previous ruling government. So the previous ruling government uh, had started a protest against the elections committee. And the military had sided, had chose to side with the previous government. And hence, they have taken uh, control over the entire situation in the name of a state of emergency. So now, uh, the people in power are not even the opposing party, but rather the military themselves. Yeah, the military themselves. And okay. the resolution to the situation is still very vague and grey right now. But ever since the 1st of February when the military took over, uh, Aung San Suu Kyi, who was the, the elected um, new president of the country, had uh, fled and she's in hiding ever since in, in risk of her life. And uh, she's just been in hiding and it's and she's had a, like a long life of just constantly being on the on the beaten down side of the situation. She had spent 15 years of her life um, already in detention. Uh, fighting for the democratic reform and free elections and whatnot in the early 90s. And now again, she's gone into hiding uh, to protect herself despite all of the, despite winning the elections fair and square. Based on what I read, it, uh, it looks like she, I, I thought that she has been arrested and people are demanding for her release. Uh, that's why there is a, there is, that's why the, the whole situation is vague because under the, under her party and her protesters that she is safe within the within her her own space but according to the military they had also taken control of her so all to the people side is that they don't know where she is and and whether whether she's okay or not like we haven't i mean i haven't personally seen any news regarding her or her whereabouts since la not to take away from the seriousness of of, of the situation, but uh, 
what you just described sounds very similar, if not exactly similar, as what happened in a show that I watch. Uh, you might have heard the the show. You might have even heard me talking about this show, uh, Naruto, right? So, like, this is an actual like uh, in the Leaf Village, uh, they have the the Hashirama clan, the Uchiha clan, and also like a bunch of other clans, and when the leaf village uh, the leaders of the leaf village thought that the uchiha are planning a coup because they were becoming very powerful then yeah. they hired one of the uchiha my favorite character in the show uchiha itachi to assassinate the entire uchiha clan yeah so they they did it covertly and myanmar is doing it overtly yeah it's Unfortunately I didn't watch Naruto but I think that's a very that's a very parallel situation to what's actually going on here and to think that one is a fictional um is could you call it a manga or an anime an anime is made most animes are made off of manga manga are uh, the comics that you read okay uh, I I don't mean comics if I say manga is a comic I'm going to get a lot of hate but yeah, manga is the content that you read and okay. then they are animated by studios into anime okay yeah so uh naruto being a manga anime um they they have just i mean i hate to digress but they ha- were also a manga right naruto yes it's, uh, most okay. anime start off as manga okay okay yeah, thank it's you. like people making movies based off of books yeah right so it is sad to think that you know one is a fictional manga and then this actually involves um, the lives of people and the peaceful the peace the peace of the entire nation is being jeopardized now on top with all of this whilst the pandemic is going on and people have no choice but to protest and risk um the risk in their lives in context of abuse of military power and the disease itself uh, in order to just fight for justice in this country la but it's pretty it's pretty scary la but that that the situation not really in a nutshell but in a nutshell uh, that's what's happening in Myanmar right now but what um, i wanted to get more in touch with for the remainder of this episode was rather the similarities that we've seen um of state of emergencies in other countries and in previous uh, in our history and what what is to be expected or what is to what what is the outcome of the situation what uh, what could be the future of Myanmar here on forth right so we talk about state of emergencies and as a malaysian um from our history books the first time we've ever come in terms to this to this terminology was in the 40s uh during when malaysia entered a state of emergency and there was a military takeover this was during the protest of um, was it the 40s or 60s 60s right 64 1964 all right yeah so it was in the 60s uh when malaysia entered a state of emergency uh with the fight amongst the muslims and the chinese community uh amidst the bumiputra rights something like that in my understanding in, in my understanding it's that um they were just about to introduce bumiputra rights which would directly impact the businesses of a lot of chinese people who were then dominating the economy and the chinese people deemed that it was unfair for to be given privileged rights 
and to be taken away from their economy. And that was when a protest emerged and there was a fight and the military took over. So that was my first impression of what a state of emergency is. And believe it or not, I mean, most of us already know, but Malaysia is in a state of emergency as of today as well uh, in the name of a pandemic. And that's that's the comp first comparison I wanted to make, right? Like we had a state of emergency in context of a of a military coup, and the outcome of that was, uh, as we all know, um, Bumiputra rights is a, is 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 an existing uh, constitution in the country that is practiced very heavily, um, and the outcome of that protest back then did not deem the kind of um, remissions that we would have expected to have seen to have a country that practices through, through democracy and to have a country that practices uh, absolute fairness amongst its own citizens um, was not the outcome. But we live in that reality today and we still abide by those principles uh, for the sake of maintaining a peaceful country. Uh, and that's Malaysia for you. I don't mean to sound crude about the situation. Um, and today we saw, today I saw on the news that um, Myanmar had actually taken away, um, had been breaking off satellites of homes and had shut off the home, home, the fiber networks as to stop the people from communicating to the outside world and stop then receiving information from the outside world as well. So they have straight up cut off the people from the rest of the world. And that's pretty scary. Like, would, like don't you think so? Like just full blown, like feels like a whole prison situation. Yeah, it's becoming like North Korea, which is a military ruled uh, country as well. Yeah, and and that was something that like that was what I think was the flip the turning point. I mean, not the turning point, the tipping point for me. But I thought that we have to talk about this, you know, because there's one thing to, I mean, what was already happening was already pretty unjust and unfair. But then to follow through with um, absolute control over media and freedom of speech and whatnot was is an obstruction. It's pretty obscene obstruction, love. It seems to it seems to me like we are looking at a few different kinds of military um, activity within the country, like uh, putting under the putting the country under a state of emergency in different forms. Um, back then in Malaysia um, in 1965, 69, I'm not I'm not sure, but yeah, uh, it was for a racial cause. You know, it's what instigated the problem. It was because of a, a racial biasness. And um, yeah, today in Malaysia, the emergency is due to a political biasness, and same can be said for Myanmar today as well. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Like when we talk about state of emergencies, we look at Malaysia. Um, on by the books, we are a democracy, um, but we have a king that rules over us, so it's a democracy tied with the monarchy that we live within, and. I can tell, I can, I can vouch for this information, but some of my international friends who study in my university, uh, who then have to take MPU classes, um, they were taught that the king, the king's position in this country is just a sign of significance 
a that he's positioned there and that he rules over the country just as to signify the tradition sake and that he doesn't actually have any powers and um, a few of my friends contested this information in class who were then chased out like kicked out of class and um, i was i was pretty shocked i just spoke to to my friend about it and then to update him uh, that the king had then exercised his powers to dissolve the to to dissolve the entire situation uh, take control over um, take full autonomy control over the country and give the parliament wait give the existing government um the what uh, the power to overthrow the parliament's rulings and to to make decisions without a parliament sitting and this is when you start looking at the finance department suddenly forking out millions of dollars in fundings without any need for approval from the parliament sitting and and then you start to question right why the hell did we sit and vote uh why why did we why did we have an election to then have our mps that we wanted in there to represent us and only to leave one man call the shots and like so many of us are at a loss of like what's going on in the country like even you have given up a low key on like keeping up with all of this because it's just become a what do you call that i'm finding i'm finding it difficulty putting it into into kind nice words you know but like it's become a fuckery love that, that's it's it's simply that you can have hope when the people have power because that is the intention of a democracy but yep. when the rulers of your country exercise practices that that um deem the power of the people trivial or pretty yeah. much deem the people powerless then there is no use in strategy there is no use in thinking about what can we do next because at this point those who are in power have the power to remain in power at at at, at any point even if we actually a method a method methodologically method methodolic methodol yeah you get my point <laughs> a methodically rise in the ranks or uh, actually um, influence a change in the people and decide hey this is who we want to be this is who we want our leaders to be it is yeah. in the hands of the of our rulers to just say no you know fuck you you are pe- you're just regular people i have yeah. the power and so i'm going to remain uh, i'm going to remain biased to what i think is right and so it completely uh, removes the element of democracy and therefore it makes it pointless for us to think what can we do next is what happened to me over the past few months yeah and i think time and time over that's that's what constantly happens in this country and the government that we that we run in we had uh, inikalila and we had the that we had the ministers and all that we believed would be the turning point for malaysia only for that uh, to go into ashes uh, with falling out of our prime minister and and his sudden resignment and what not our ex prime minister i apologize and now we have a government that wasn't elected by the people who are trying very hard to stay in power and going about playing every card in their hands to remain in power and that's 
and that's the reality of it and and it's and it's a hard truth that it may be a turning point for malaysia as well like if the people are not going to remain peace and calm over the situation then what's going to happen we've already seen small acts of protest by the people um in regards to the um voting age ruling that was approved by the parliament but is not being carried out prior to the elections and a constant uh, battle of d- delay versus exercising um carrying out the event and uh, but yeah so actually there was a question that i wanted to ask you right so we look at we looked at um malaysia situation we looked at myanmar and a state of emergency has also been seen um in india during the indo pakistan war it has been seen in a lot of countries in, in canada in germany egypt and mark and whatnot right what is your take on a state of emergency or in a situation where a, a military um head has come to take over the entire ruling of the country what's what's your take on 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 the protocols and everything because we've seen we've seen the good uh, we've seen the, the dark side of the situation with what's happening in Myanmar with us in the abuse of power and whatnot but like what do you think about it i don't i don't understand the question are you asking me what i think about evil Uh, yeah i mean i'm yeah what do you think about a state of emergency as in a government's like that is the protocol that is set right when when there is a question of uh, the for for a sake of a peace national disaster uh, pandemic and what not the, the country enters a a state of emergency and what's your take on militaries uh, having full autonomy on what happens to the people and the community I think you know how there are a lot of people um, out there who give a lot of respect to soldiers who go to war and come back from war and they hail them as warriors and um uh, celebrate their sacrifices and and their accomplishments and then there's me who thinks countries should not have a a military force at all yeah because an ideal world as exists in my ideal mind is a world where there is no need for force where everything can be handled through diplomacy if you yeah. if you if you claim that the world is at peace today then why is there military because you are you are you are not only preparing yourself for an attack which means you already uh, you're already predicting an attack but you're also ready to strike back if you are developing w- weapons in your country so the world is yeah. not at peace the world is not the world is not singular it's not a singular organism countries have separated themselves from each other and are willing to kill each other to to attain power there is why the military exists to keep yeah. countries in power yeah. and it does not agree with my philosophy of the world because my philosophy of the world is one where yes in order for there to be progress there has to be conflict but not conflict in aggression and violence but conflict in thought that can be dealt with using words yeah. where we can discuss where countries it's 
at the end of the day the world today the the reality of the world today is that every country is a corporate with its yeah. own funding with its own uh, with its own ceos and coos and you can't convince me otherwise that is how the world works and the way uh, the way any corporate functions is entirely uh, dependent on what the leader of said corporate decides right that's why we have different kinds of different kinds of politics that's why we have different kinds of uh, systems uh, in place that's why we have democracy that's why we have um, we have different forms of societies like socialism communism and capitalism mm-hmm. but ultimately the world that exists today exists to keep those in power in power and to suppress mm-hmm. those without power and there are a lot of people who are going to justify saying that yeah that is how the world needs to be because conflict needs to exist in order for there to be advancement no i disagree not this kind of conflict yeah like um, look at look at myanmar like once once the military took over people yeah. died so that that answers your question even as to what happens when malaysians decide to get angry enough to stand up and he said hey i've i've taken enough shit from the government i'm going to stand up in the thousands in the hundreds of thousands uh, in volumes in malaysia deciding hey i'm going to stand up for our rights for the yeah. people's rights what do you think the government is going to do is it not just going to end up the way myanmar has ended up yeah that's that's the harsh reality of the situation no? that's the protocol that's been set out as to remain maintain peace but we talk about peace we 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 understand that peace is to keep us all safe and yet our lives are the, are the ones who are at risk because it has boiled down to us having to fight for our own rights because the people who we believe we who we believed were representing us were like you said running a corp busy running a corporation and trying to fill up their pockets and uh and i like what you talked about how this there isn't a unity as a global as a global thing right because uh, i've always had this ideology and and like and this is something that's within my opinion um yes the i've been exposed to and it's following through from world war 2 right and when we looked at how uh, the germans lost the war and none of them paid the price for what happened to the jews many of them got acquitted because there were so many anti-semites um in in all all over all over the country and other countries like the uk and everything um the us included and ever since then we talk about how there hasn't been a war but that isn't the reality of the situation the reality of the situation is that the war between uh, syria and palestine something that's ongoing the war between um, the war in north korea the war with uh, the uyghurs muslims in china all those things are still um actively ongoing um pakistan and and the united states and re- even very recently on a on a heavy north korea cutting ties with malaysia and uh, immediately just leaving secret agents and smugglers in this country uh with their diplomats leaving and and that just goes to goes to, like enforces the idea that the war never really ended we are only upholding a peace uh and so called diplomats and the united nations and everything as to just 
hold the fort down but as you as we all remember with Donald Trump sending threats to um North Korea prior um with nuclear weapons and what not we are on the brink of a war and and that's and that's something that that they don't want us to see you know or at least i think that they don't want us to see uh, we are so filled by media uh into looking at everything else and if not the way the system had worked is just to keep you busy and, and trying to survive in this world that that sort of distracts you it sounds like i'm i'm it sounds like i'm speaking conspiracy here but but it's just something that i that i think about you know like we are so busy trying to attain our own success and trying to make our way around the world when the entire when the entire countries are just are just working their way of exploiting one another and and it just boils down to trade agreements and what not right <laughs> there's a difference between conspiracy and observation it is as simple as that if you open your eyes wide enough you will see the truth and yeah, yeah. that being said uh, thank you yuvan for talking about the situation and for bringing it into light for our listeners for for those of our listeners who have not yet exposed themselves <laughs> to this particular situation as for me who myself has has not um learned enough about it but today i've learned quite a bit So thank you Yuvan for talking about it and uh, thank you guys for staying up to this long and we hope to catch you guys in the next episode of Live Nuclear. Yeah Till guys, then. thank you so much. Till tomorrow guys. Cheers. Bye.